Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity in her glorious, glorious taper. Finally, oh my gosh, it's arrived for Ironman Coeur d'Alene. Uh, but I'm not in Coeur d'Alene. I am in Denver and uh, and feeling kind of rested, I guess. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But this, yeah, so we are recording this on June 12th. Um, thus, I still have the same cold that um, from from what sounds like last week's podcast, but it's recorded on the same day. But you, as people are listening to this, it is going to be the day of your Ironman Dimity. So it is, yes. it is. So, you know, this is my day. So if you are listening to this on Sunday, June 23rd, my number is 663. And if you're out running, just yell a little, go 663, put that out into the universe. Cause I, I could use that right now. I can tell you what, wherever I am in my race, I want to hear, I want to feel your positive vibes. So, um, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I made it, Sarah. I mean, honestly, that's just, that is a thought that I have more than anything. I mean, I just can't believe I made it. Um, it's now the time to say, I wasn't sure you ever would just because of injury. No, I know. That's the thing. I totally, I mean, I feel at this point, I mean, the race, yes, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it and I look forward to it. But I mean, I just feel so, I feel proud, Sarah. I mean, I'm like, wow, I just set a goal. I put my eye on the prize for almost eight months and I am coming out the other side. And it was not easy. I mean, you know, I had the broken foot. I had shoulder issues. I had neck issues. I I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's funny because all that stuff kind of feels like it's in my past, um, but it feels like it was so long ago that I just can't even, wait, stop. I'm not, I don't want to, that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. Stop. Again. <laughs> um, I'll say I have shoulder, you know, I'll start there. I mean, as you well know, I mean, I had shoulder issues. I had neck issues. I mean, at some point I could not turn my head more than five degrees <laughs> in their direction. <laughs> No, I broke my, I had my little chip fracture that still likes to talk to me every once in a while. And I mean, I just, you know, I mean, cause I just didn't know if it was possible at the beginning and I just decided I would try and, and here I am. And I'm just, I'm really, really excited and, and proud. Yeah. Yeah. As well, you should be. I mean, I just, I was listening to an older podcast recently and you were talking about some workout and I'm like, oh, that's a big workout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were talking, we talked on, I guess it was Sunday, and um, you were saying about like how your thought process or you, how you approached a three and a half hour workout had changed so much. Now you think like, oh, it's just three and a half hours. and <laughs> Which is totally whacked for the record. That is whacked. And I don't want you thinking that that is a normal because yeah, it's a normal maybe when you're training for a big long race, but that is not my new normal. Okay. And um, maybe we talk about that on a different podcast because I am really concerned about what's going to happen to me after the race and just kind of coming down, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, but we're not there yet. So let's, let's, I am here now. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, my workout on Saturday or Sunday, I guess it was, it was, um, it was a 40 mile ride and then a seven mile run. And so, um, you know, that, and that took me about three and a half hours. And, uh, 
And uh, I remember um, texting my coach Bree um, back in, I don't know, November, December, where, I mean, I rode on the trainer in my, um, on the trainer in my basement for maybe two hours. And then it was a really gross day outside. So then I went and ran five miles at the gym on the treadmill. And I was like, I was just in motion for three hours. Can you believe that? You know, and, and it was so hard. And, and Sunday was, I mean, it's, it wasn't easy because it was warm and, um, and I took my kids, uh, on the run with me. <laughs> uh, they were on their bikes. They did not run seven miles with me. They were on their bikes, but oh, actually that was kind of fun. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was three and a half hours and I mean, you know, and then I'm like, oh, all right, you know, recover, drink some chocolate milk, put on my, you know, juggler knickers from hundred percent, 10% for about 20 minutes, take a shower and, and call it good. <laughs> and, uh. It's just crazy. It's crazy. So, um, so yeah, so it's here. So I, I'm going to write a post on Friday, but I mean, you know, like I said, like, I just, I'm going to keep telling myself, this is my day. This is my day. I've earned this and I get to go and do the best I can. And whatever happens, this is going to be my day. So, right. so this is my day. This we're, is my day because we're on it. Yes. And you're going to write in ink before you go. I am only doing one Iron Man. <laughs> Either, uh, it, it. Yeah, um, I think so. Or how about um, I'm only going to want, run, do, compete in one Ironman while I am a business partner with Sarah Bowen Shea and married <laughs> to Grant Davis. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I'm only going to do this once. I, oh, I now it's pretty before. sure you used to no, always no, be. No, no, no. I, uh, no, I mean, I, I say one and only. And I, I don't know how people, like I've said this before, I don't know how people can do it as a lifestyle. I mean, it is very, very draining. I mean, my, so basically ever since that half Ironman that I did um, in late May um, uh, to, to, to here, I mean, it has been a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work. I've run 18 miles. I've ridden a century. I've ridden, um, I, I don't even know what else I've done. I can't even remember, but it's, um, I have wanted to go to bed literally uh, at about seven forty-five every night. And, and some nights I do, I'm, I won't lie. I, I say to my kids, I'm like, if you want me to rub your back, you have to ask me now because I'm not getting out of bed. <laughs> that's our, that's the bedtime thing is I rub their back and that's our, you know, say goodnight then. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, I am just wiped, wiped, wiped. And I, I've got, I, I am kind of writing it down a little bit. So I remember how hard it is. Um, uh-huh. but then I, I put that up and, you know, I put that up on Facebook, like this is my one and only, and someone wrote and they're like, there's nothing like crossing the finish line of an iron man. And I'm coming back for my second one. And I'm like, Oh, I, I can see that, but I, I just, there are other things I'd rather try, you know, uh-huh. I think, I just I think know. it's such a long journey to get there. It is. It is. And that's why, that's why it's just it's amazing that I'm here, you know, and, you know, knock on wood. I mean, I almost got, I didn't almost get hit by a semi, but he, you know, he was going to move lanes over when I was right next to him. And I was just on the floor and like really honking, you know, and trying to get him to see me and hear me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it could go down so quickly. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's obviously a super severe situation, but even like I bought my kids at the garage sale, our neighborhood garage sale, I bought them a skateboard and a pogo stick. (laughs) Bargain, bargain for 10 bucks combo, two for one for 10. Um, and I'm like, I am not getting on either of those things until after June 23rd. I gotta say, I hope my son, John is not listening to this podcast because those are like t- two of the things way at the top of his wish list: a pogo stick and a skateboard. Oh, so- well you should look at garage sales. I mean, I wasn't, 
I, I, I mean, the thing is, it gets them outside, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. That's um, the twins turn eight at the end of July. And a pogo stick, I think, might be in their future for... Um, oh, and then, oh, because John then wanted, he told me um, yesterday driving to school that he wanted wheelies. And I'm like, oh, oh. John on wheelies, like, spells death, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and so so then he said, oh, okay, well, how about rollerblades? And I was like, huh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to consider that one. Yeah, yeah, and you were giving me uh, grief last podcast about not buying the rolling cooler, but you just, you just vetoed the wheelies, so let's just stop. Uh, <laughs> Things uh, on wheels, you know, that... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we today it is uh we are going to talk about summer running, all thing questions anything related to summer running. And I put this up on Facebook to get some field some questions. So um let's just dive in with um Melissa Mansfield who wrote, um, I am a bigger mama, getting smaller by the day. Right on Melissa, congrats. And um I have serious concerns about skirts and tanks and chafing with all that extra skin hitting more skin. Aren't I just asking for a burn? So, you know, chafing is definitely, I think, um, one of the top concerns of running when it's hot and sweaty. I gotta say, I, Melissa, I've been feeling your pain lately because I just, I've been feeling uber flabby lately and I just feel like more things are rubbing together all the time. And it used to be that I would only put on, you know, some anti-chafing glide like Skinfare or Body Glide or some similar product. Put it, I used to only put that on Dimity before I'd go on a long run. And now, like this morning, you know, I was going out for an hour with Molly. I'm like, nope, got to, you know, take a little time to put on the, you know. Lube up. Yep, lube, lube up. up. Well, let me just say for the record, you are not looking uber flabby. I mean, you know, maybe your skin is telling you a little different, but maybe you're just, you know, oh. maybe it's your really killer quad muscles now rubbing against each other. Oh, that's very nice of you. Standing next to you, my gosh, those pictures at our Albany Mother Runner party, I'm like, oh, bad move. Don't stand next to Dimity in pictures these days. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody comments and they're like, oh, look at those iron mother shoulders. Look at those di- you know, biceps. I'm like, Huh, they're not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go swim for, you know, I think I looked at my Garmin. Um, I did look at my Garmin. It has the totals, which I will also put on the blog just because it's just kind of amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But I've swam for something like 28 hours. Oh, my um, gosh. You wow. know, we're over a day I've been in the pool. So that's how you get those shoulders. Just, uh-huh. just FYI, <laughs> if you want them. Just, just hop- for, you know, a little bit of time. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. They will, they will be gone. They will start to deteriorate on, um, tomorrow. Actually, if you listen to this on Sunday, tomorrow they deteriorate. <laughs> okay, good. I can't wait for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I learned my lesson actually, um, at the half Ironman and, um, I did not, you know, it's really important, um, swimming. I didn't realize how badly I would chafe under my arms. Mm-hmm. So you gotta also like really think about places that, I mean, underarms, I guess, is is a, a more normal place, but think about places where skin on skin contact. So, you know, it could be your arms, it could be between your thighs, it, but it also can be kind of around your bra or um, where else have I heard it? I mean, I've even heard like bra and shoulder straps, um, oh. like on the top of your shoulder where it kind of oh, yeah. crosses mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, so sometimes that wouldn't be skin on skin, but I think that's sometimes, you know, the friction can also result from fabric on skin. And it's just whenever friction is heat caused by two things rubbing against each other. So it could be skin on skin or fabric on skin. And so, you know, I mean, I thought you also sort of discovered that 
in that race that, you know, it's the cut of something. It's the, you know, baggy is not always the answer. I mean, I think somebody, Melissa, maybe if, um, I think sometimes bigger runners in particular feel like, oh, I'll just hide it with some extra fabric. It's like, oh yeah, well then all that extra fabric says, oh, let's bunch up and rub together. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes more streamlined styles are, um, are the way to go. I mean, and capris are, you know, probably not for your July runs, but, um, I've been loving, I have a pair of socketing shorts that are like short capris basically, Mm. you know, that go, you know, kind of to my mid, mid thigh and, um, they're tight. And I think that's what, that's what I'm going to wear in my, um, I mean, if I haven't decided if I'm going to change my clothes totally or just my top after the bike, but, um, if I do change my bottoms, that's, those are the, those are shorts I'm going to wear because they're just, there's no way I can chafe in those. I mean, they're, they protect my thighs. Um, I'm going to have to look at these. Are you sure these aren't just capris that are way too short on you? (laughs) (laughs) They have those too, but no, these are, these are real shorts. And then, you know, this is kind of a shameless plug, but I am going to put on, um, I'm either badass or another mother runner. I haven't decided yet, but one of our tanks, and I got to say, I have never, ever, ever chafed in one of those tanks. And, um, well, that's what so, I tell That's what I tell people, um, at our expo tables, you know, they're looking at them and they're like, Oh, but I don't know if I want to wear them for a race. I'm like, no, see this pink, another mother runner tank. I put that on for the very first time ever for the Boston marathon. <laughs> it was 90 <laughs> degrees. And yeah. I have the arms in the air, proud photos to sh- prove that I don't have um, any chafing whatsoever. So yeah. yeah, I do have to say our, and then I wore badass, um, at Vancouver marathon. So I, we are, um, tanks are tried and tested and they are chafe free. Um, so, um, then we got, oh, I love this comment. Uh, speaking of chafing from Carolyn, it was on our Facebook page. And then, um, she says, when you're already far from home and you've made a bad wardrobe choice, what can you do to slow chafing aside from running? Like you just dismounted from a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know that gate. We all know that, that wide leg cowboy oh, gate. Please don't touch. Please don't touch. Oh, I know. It's just, you know, Oh, how barrel legged can I get? It's a little bit of mind over matter at that point. I mean, I know, um, like we give out in our goodie bags, little skin fair, um, samples. So if you feel like you might be chafing, you might want to toss that into your little key size pocket. I know body glide also has them. Um, so you, you might want to bring a little protection that way. Um, otherwise, I mean, cause I, I had that on my underarm when I was running, um, in that half marathon and the half Ironman. And, uh, I really just had to say it does not hurt. It does not hurt because really, I, I don't know of any solutions to you. No. Cause the last time I wore a skirt in a marathon was Nike women's 2007. And I had such bad chafing in between my thighs from that, that that's all I thought about for about probably the last 10 K of that race. Like I didn't notice how much my legs, my quads were hurting, you know, my calves tightening up, nothing. It was all just about those two red spots on the inside of my thighs. Um, someone did mention, um, on the Facebook page that, um, in a pinch you could use lip gloss. And I guess if you did have like, you know, a little (laughs) blistex or something with you, you know, oh, not the medicated. <laughs> okay, well, how about a, just a chapstick then? Um, yeah, yeah, if you have a chapstick, but not blistex, I connotate with that kind of the menthol medicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they put that right out there. That's like putting Ben Gay on that or something. You're just going to scream. <laughs> um, that that well, would work. Or, you know, look on the side of the road, see if maybe someone, like, I don't know. <laughs> All right, if it's going to be a hot day, know which ones work for you. And I would, you know, personally, I would rewear something that's already sweaty that doesn't chafe versus going for something that I'm not sure of. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I 
look at pictures from last summer and I had this one pair of capris that I just loved. And so when I was marathon training, I just wore them all the time and I'll look at pictures, you know, like use on our website or something. And I'm like, why are all those pictures I'm wearing the same <laughs> outfits? Like, oh, that was my long run summer 2012 outfit. <laughs> That's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on from chafe to, um, to water, which is obviously a huge topic when you're running the summertime. Um, Christina Higgins is no camel and she asked about carrying water on longer runs. And she, she wants to know about, um, carrying enough water without a stroller for longer training runs up to this point, I load down my stroller with liters of water. Um, but for the 14 plus mile runs, I'm starting without my trusty wheels. So how can I possibly carry two liters? Um, so, so the first thing, um, is obviously like I did an 18 miler in Albany. And so I was by myself and I, and I didn't know the route very well. Um, I mean, I knew where I was going, but I didn't know if there was going to be water fountains or whatever. So I wore, um, an ultimate direction waste pack. So that had three bottles on it. Do you know how big those bottles? Three 10 ounce, 10 ounce bottles. That's one of the many reasons I love those ultimate direction waste packs is because they're 10 ounces and it sounds so ridiculous, but a lot of um, holders only have eight ounces, and those two ounces make a big difference. I mean, oh, that is that's twenty percent more water. Look at me doing the math on the fly as I was talking. Oh, woo, woo, yeah. <laughs> I just smarter than a fifth grader, Sarah Bowen. Um, and so, uh, and I, yeah, I mean, because one of those bottles, like, that's a good two. Like, I can drink from that at least twice. You know, it's not oh, like yeah. I up and yeah. Except for I got to say, my Albany one, I didn't have the. Um, the tops pushed down. Oh. So by the time I figured that, I'm like, why am I like leaking everywhere? And I, by the time I figured that out, I think I was down to three eight ounce bottles, but that was my <laughs> fault. Cause they do, they do stay put when you, when you shut them up. So I had that. And then I had, um, one of their handheld bottles too, which is probably 16 ounces. Or, um, or even 20 maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even 20. Yes. I'm not, I, I didn't, cause that, that's as much as I could carry. Honestly, I should have had another handheld. Um, so you know, if you're going out and you don't know anything about it, I would carry as much as you can and have some around your waist. Um, and yes, it's a little cumbersome for sure, but you'd rather be with it than without it. Yeah. Yeah. And also you can, uh, you know, plan your route so you can refill at a friend's house, um, so that you loop back in front of your own house and refill or leave it, you know, hidden by your driveway or something or at a convenience store. I mean, you know, a 7-Eleven will let you go in and just push the little water tab. They and... won't. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. We, we had this discussion. Oh, on I know, but, but you don't think if you walk in with your own carrier? Nope. I think that they charge for ice and water. I mean, I would personally, I would carry five bucks on you or actually, you know, yeah, five a, bucks. So you a could buy mm-hmm. a quart. Well, <laughs> you could either buy water if you needed to, or, you know, sports drink, because that's, that's important to have those electrolytes on the longer runs. But no, I definitely remember a, a, a chain on our Facebook page last year about oh, how yeah. they got charged for ice. They got charged for water. No, see, they got they- charged for the cup. They got charged for the cup. So thus, I'm also thinking, you know, if the guy is, you know, ringing somebody up for, you know, their gas purchase, then you just dash over there, you know, <laughs> he's busy. You got the, you got the top off already. You just hit that little water thing that's underneath the high C thing and just put it in there and you're out. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And then you run like the Dickens and say, Sarah said it was okay. You can find her at another runner.com. Yeah. We don't condone stealing. I'm sorry. I don't condone stealing, but yes. So, so I would have a couple dollars with you. You know me, I'm thrifty. Maybe I'll have a living social voucher for some water. <laughs> just use it before June. Yeah. 
Um, and well, you are really thrifty. I mean, talk about the time that you um, drank a little water from the side of the road from, um, you know, an anonymous bottle. <laughs> you make that? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, you know, it's funny, the things that people remember. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com slash AMR. That I did, and that was definitely a standout. I had someone mention that in at our Albany party. Um, so yes, last summer, I, I mean, I'm proud of this fact um, that I was just, I was absolutely dying on a run in Connecticut. And I think it was 14 miles, which, you know, in marathon training is not all that long, but it was just a bazillion degrees and you know, hundred percent humidity and super sunny. And I just, there was, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask someone if I see someone in their front yard, I'll ask if I can fill it in, you know, fill up my water bottle from them. Well, like, I don't know, like here in Portland, you see people everywhere and they're in a more bedroom community. Everyone's locked in their air conditioned homes. So I didn't see any humans. So then I'm running and then I spy this, you know, half filled Aquafina bottle by the side of the road. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing it. And I pick it up and it was like hot as urine, but I still, oh, still and I tried not to touch my lips to the bottle itself. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but, that'll keep you safe. That'll keep you safe. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Carolyn going back. So if you see, you know, some, some used Vaseline or body glide by the side, <laughs> side of the road, just pick it up. Cause Sarah drinks water from the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I have in back to my runs in Connecticut, which are some of my hotter, more summer like runs. Um, you had written in run like a mother to leave frozen water bottles stashed 
along your route so that, you know, if you, if you're running on Saturday morning, on Friday evening, go out and, you know, put a couple of frozen water bottles. Um, no, 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 not Friday. <laughs> you clearly don't do this. You don't put it out Friday, Friday evening. They'll be, they'll be melted. You, you freeze them Friday night, put oh. them about three quarters full mm. and you can freeze them like noon or whatever you want in them too. But you got to give room for the ice to expand, and then you put them out. And then you go out on Saturday morning before you run, or have your, you know, have your husband or someone else do it if, if, um, if you want to get up at the crack of dawn and just go from your house. But no, you want them out, you know. So then they're they're laying there in the ditch or whatever for, you know, an hour and a half or whatever, and then they'll be so nice. And- here in Oregon, if you did that, you'd get there at like mile ten, and it would still be frozen. <laughs> well, it might be. That's the thing. I, you know, the funny thing, you know. So I, I actually have never done that. I just think it sounds like a brilliant idea what <laughs> on a nice bike ride um, recently so um so this was an 80 mile ride so um it was 240 mile loop so i could stop back at my car the way that we recommend people stopping back at their house during a run <laughs> or back at their car whatever it happens to be and so i mean i was so diligent i filled up i think five i think i froze five water bottles wow um, yeah and i had to be back i had to be back for ben's soccer tournament I, um, I had to be like, it's always soccer, isn't it? You know, (laughs) one of the two, one of the two. So I had to be back by, I had to be like leaving our house again by noon. So, and this ride was like half an hour away. So long story short is I had to be, get started really early. So I get out there, um, at this place called, uh, Sedalia. Um, and I'm like putting on my sunscreen, putting on my helmet. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot my water bottles. I forgot them at home. Oh, which no, is a half Yes, I did. And it's the middle of nowhere, right? So, um, I mean, it's not the middle of nowhere, but I don't really know where I am, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I have to go back on the main road, drive 15 minutes to 7-Eleven. I mean, <sighs> I bought, you know, Gatorade. I bought a huge bottle of water. I bought two bottles of Gatorade, one huge bottle of water, um, and then a, and then a uh, carton of chocolate milk that I stashed <laughs> on the seat. I'm like, well, that'll be kind of warm by the time I drink it, but that'll be good enough. So then I went back. And I was fine, but I was, you know, one of those things where you're just like, okay, I can let this defeat me or I can just say, it's okay. I made a mistake and, and, you know, and I, I, I went, I went with a ladder and I didn't let it affect my ride. But anyway, so. Oh my um, gosh. Wow. Yeah. Frozen water bottle story. So that's the first time I've ever really tried it. But so <laughs> nice Grant. And it, <laughs> Here's why it didn't work for me. <laughs> I forgot them. But then Grant ended up taking them to the soccer tournament. Oh, clever. Leaving them in a cooler and they did not unfreeze. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, maybe you need to do a little, do a little experimenting. If you guys have any feedback for me or if you've done, tried it before, let us know on our Facebook page or tweet it to me. I also just feel water is water. Like I don't care what temperature is as long as it's wet. So when I, when I have, um, pulled a dimity and hidden water bottles, I just hid them. Um, I was driving back from someplace the night before and I suddenly realized, Oh, I'm right near where I'm going to be running tomorrow. So I stopped and bought two water bottles and just stashed them. And I was like, I don't care that, you know, they won't be boiling. So, um, then I, that's, that's how I did it. So I don't really care about the temperature of them. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely like ice in my water kind of girl, like Mm. hot water. I mean, I couldn't have, I would have rather not drank, um, the, the, the reused water or whatever you would call it, the recycled water uh-huh. just because it was so hot that that would get me more grossed out than, you know, having someone else's germs, to be honest with you. 
<laughs> I'll remember that next time. You're like, Sarah, can you get me a glass of water? I'll be like, oh, yes, just a moment. I have to let run for a bit to get it chilled. <laughs> um, so well, you in a former life. <laughs> yeah, um, so and then um, Allison Noble gave us a good tip on the Facebook page. And um, she said, suggested looking into running clubs or group runs in your area. And then because they often do organized long runs with support along the way. So like, you know, you can you see that table of wonderful volunteers, that sports drink, water, pretzels, licorice, you know, kind of banana slices, you know, orange, whatever. Can you guarantee the licorice at every group run across the country? I cannot. Sometimes there might be jelly beans. Sometimes there might be sport beans. Um, we some, have, some chomps. We have a, a one here. And they, they don't have people manning the stations, but they have, um, oh. they have, they always have coolers out. And I'm always... I mean, I'm always, you know, well, well situated because I'm such a, such a planner, but, um, but I've always, you know, I'm always wondering like, gosh, could I take a little of that? Sometimes I can't believe they just leave those stations unmanned. That's so here in Portland, they always have someone at them. And I don't, I, maybe it's because they're friendly or maybe because they think the tables would disappear if they didn't put people at them. They they don't have tables. They just have the thing on the ground usually Mm -hmm. on the ground. Yeah, and I, I have to say that when I've been running past some of those, it's um, I think it's usually the Portland fit for people who know things here in Portland. And um, like I've been going past them when their runners have already been going by and they're kind of shutting down shop. And I'm like, hey, can I have some of that? And they're like, yeah, sure, take it. So sometimes even just knowing where the group runs go <laughs> can work in your favor. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so we have um, Susan Berg um, asking a topic about sunscreen in her eyes, um, mm-hmm. even using the sport version. Um, how can I run blind, she says. <laughs> and you can't, um, or at least not without a guide. And, uh, and so this has happened to me a lot um, as I've been training, as it's been heating up, and I just get those, those teary, teary eyes, and it just burns so much. Um, and so even if I put it, you know, I don't put it, I put it from the balls on down. I don't put it on my forehead or the brows up, you know, just balls down, not brows up, right? <laughs> wait, wait, how did we get into balls down? <laughs> what are we t- This is my eyeballs, face I'm talking. Eyeball. Eyeball, eyeballs, gotcha, gotcha. We needed that. We needed a compound word in there. Thank you very much. <laughs> eyeballs down, eyebrows up. Um, so anyway, so obviously don't put it on your eyebrows up. Um, but even then it's still just, wow, it just stings like a mother. And so, um, so a couple of things, I put this up recently on our page, a couple of things that people suggested is using like a, a bandana, um, mm. or like a bondy band or a sweaty band or something like that. But I think actually a sweaty band won't work as well. You want like a, a bit, a bit thicker band, um, around your head. And I've been using that on my bike and that works well. Mm. Um, and then you've got to have a hat or a visor. You just have to like, uh, something that is like, you know, the um, head sweats, um, which, you know, has the terry cloth liner and is very wicking inside. Um, don't you think, Sarah? For sure. I, I never run without it. Wait, I was about to do a double negative. I always run with a hat um, in the summertime just to, to keep the sweat from just flowing like a river into my eyes and also to protect, you know, the to offer some shade on my face. So, oh. it's yeah. All- and, I mean, and when you do, um, if you end up, you know, pulling up, doing that little wipe your face with the, with the bottom of your shirt. That's totally fine. But be sure that you just get from the, you know, from your, from your balls down. (laughs) Um, Don't do your, don't do your forehead because, you know, the first time it's fine if you don't do your forehead, but then the second time 
you're going to end up getting sunscreen back on your forehead, mm. you know, this kind of circular reaction. Can I just say, I, I love that I have you to give this advice because here in Portland, I don't have a lot of experience running with sunscreen on. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. a tip like that, that's something I would, that, that I, I could live the rest of my life and I, that would never have that experience. So, um, yeah. So thank you for um, living in a very sunny climate um, for us. So, yeah, um, yeah. so Lauren Schneider has a two-parter question um, and lesser of two evils, running early where humidity is higher, but temps are lower or later in the day when humidity is lower, but temp is higher. Um, so she said she used to run in the morning, but now the humidity is killing her. And then also, how much slower should we slow down for degrees slash humidity? She's seen conflicting info on this. So, um, Dimit, if you, um, you know, kind of, this is kind of your desert island musician question, you know, um, which would you take heat or humidity? Um, Siberia, (laughs) neither. Um, gosh, I would probably just, I, I wouldn't pick humidity because that's my, um, I don't really enjoy that, but I would pick morning over evening anytime. So that's probably what I would do. Um, what about you? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm such a morning person. I mean, it was interesting, though, because this morning, it's a chilly day here in Portland, so it's kind of funny that we're recording this today, but um, that it was just unbearably humid this morning, and it was kind of sneaky, and and I think that's sort of what Lauren's question is getting to, is that it's this thing that you're like, hmm, the air feels, has a slight chill in it, but yet I kind of feel crummy. So I I don't know. I think maybe it's remembering that even though you're choosing to run when it's a little bit, um, you know, cooler, cooler being a relative term for most parts of the country, that, that there is still the humidity and that, um, I mean, I just think you have to accept that you're going to run, your pace is not going to be as fast on most of your summer runs just because, you know. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing, um, that I think people really need to, to realize, um, you know, uh, we see Jeff Galloway at the Disney races when we go to them. And, um, and so his, his little formula is that for every five degrees over 60 degrees, he says to slow down 30 seconds a mile. So, you know, so if you are running in 75 degree heat, your pace is going to be almost, you know, a minute and a half slower. Mm -hmm. So, so I think just um, either aim for that, you know, and kind of see how that feels or just accept that it's going to be slower and just turn your garment off or leave it at home and, um, and just don't get hung up on the numbers. Yeah, just run by feel. And I mean, that's what I did at the Vancouver Marathon. And, you know, when I'd heard Jeff say that, I thought, give me a break. Like, I'm going to slow down 30 seconds per mile. And it's like, yep, you know, pretty much when I finished that race, you know, and it was slower than I wanted to be, I was just like, Oh uh, yeah, that's about right. I'm about, you know, a minute to 90 seconds per, per mile slower than I meant to be. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I definitely saw that happening on my 18 miler. I mean, I was, by the end I was running, you know, 10 minute miles. That was the running part, not the walking part. And, you know, and that's, that was 90 seconds slower than my, oh, you yeah. know, I my, mean, my running pace. Oh, that was that. I mean, Gosh, so so to fill people in, so we were in Albany on business. You had to run 18 miles um, one morning when I wasn't there, and then the next morning I went out for what I intended to be 10 miles. And then once I got out there, I'm like, huh, not training for a race. I'm gonna cut this short. I'm gonna cut it down to eight miles. And it just, man, it was it was just brutal. I mean, I, I my hat was off to you for being able to my hat that soaked up the sweat was off to you for for being able to stick to that 18 miles and and get well, it in. 
Well, let, you know, let it be known, though, that I mean, that was my longest run, Sarah, my longest mm-hmm. run since 2007, no, six years. No, it was not. Yes, it was. I haven't trained for a marathon in since, since Run Like a Mother started. I don't run long like that. We need to like, we needed to have made that like a banner then or something. I, I think I put that, I mean, I put that up on Facebook when I, when I, you know, showed my, my legs in the ice bath. But I mean, yeah, that I, I don't, I mean, I think I've run, I don't think I've I run 15 miles actually even. Um, wow. no. So yeah, so that was, I mean, that's one reason why I could do 18 is because I'm, I haven't done it in seven years. Um, <laughs> But a couple other things, just going back to Lauren's question about um, that, um, if you go at the end of the day, I just read this actually on our Facebook page, our Facebook page, she's getting a lot of love right now, but um, somebody who's also in the South runs in the evening, and she said that you can really see your form, which is kind of cool. So when you run at, uh, later at night when the sun is setting, you oh. get to watch your shadow, oh. which I thought was really cool. And that's the other thing I was going to just throw out there is use the time when you're not, you know you're not necessarily going super fast to think about, you know, your form, if that's something that you need to work on, if you're often injured and you need to either like take more steps or take lighter steps or engage your core or whatever it happens to be, that might be kind of your little key to, to maybe getting to be a stronger runner, you know, work on that. Um, don't, don't necessarily, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to go really fast. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing, too, is um, that someone else also <laughs> put up, we'll just throw everyone else's tips out today except for our own, um, is run for minutes instead of miles. You know, So if you have five miles on the plan, on your training plan, say, and it usually takes you 10-minute miles on, you know, on, on a normal kind of day, just go for 50 minutes. And if it's four and a half miles, great. If it ends up being five and a half, that's fine, too. But, you know, don't, don't necessarily – have the mileage dictate how long your run is, have the minutes do yeah, it. Yeah, that's instead. what I've been doing. I'm not, I'm not on a training plan now, and that's what I've been doing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was debating the other day. I'm like, oh, do I want to run five or six? I'm like, I'm going out for an hour. Whatever it is, it is. So, yes. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I was I was going back to 2007 again. Um, that, yeah, that marathon. Yeah. So, um, so in our last question for this podcast comes from um, Hope... I assume that last name's pronounced Big Waif. I'm not sure. Um, we met her at our uh, the Albany party, um, and she has two hot weather races coming up, the Boilermaker 15K, which is in early July, and then a relay race in August in Vermont. And, um, she, you know, both are in – she's anticipating both of them being hot, but she runs indoors due to um, needing to use the child care at her gym. And so she wants to know how to train for a hot race when you're not – you know, running day-to-day outdoors. And so, I mean, you and I learned running in Albany and running that time in Sacramento when we were coming from cooler climates, you know, you got to acclimatize. There's just no way around it. Yeah. I mean, so either, you know, see if you can work out a way either with your husband or some friends um, where you could maybe watch their kids and they they could watch yours where you can go run outside um, because you just have to, you just have to kind of just embrace it and go for it. Uh, I read actually um, we're stealing a lot of these tips too. If, if these sound familiar, <laughs> because I'm writing our uh, June newsletter right now, and it's a, it's a how to deal with the summer heat. Um, and uh, and one of them I, I had I, for a story I was working on for Runner's World. I remember an expert telling me I cannot remember which expert it was, but saying it takes two weeks to acclimatize, or mm-hmm. about eight to ten runs. Um, 
And so I, I would just really try to get that time in, especially before the Boilermaker. I mean, the relay race is a little bit more maybe relaxed and you'll probably only have one really hot run because you'll have one leg in the middle of the night and you'll probably have one in the early morning. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, that race, I mean, I would see what time the start time is. If the start is at 7, I would try to run at least five times outside at 7 a.m. Just to, because otherwise you're just, the race is just going to be, just such a slog that it's just going to be really unpleasant. Well, I mean, I'm thinking now suddenly you saying that I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Oh yeah. That would be called Disney princess this past year when, um, you know, it, it starts at five 30. So the sun wasn't up, but it was a hundred percent humidity. And I didn't realize that. And I just, so was running with Amy Bailey, the woman who won the entry to get to run with us. And, and, um, I just was like, Amy, this is all I got. I can't go any faster. I can't go any faster. And I just thought, what is my problem here? And then it's because, you know, I hadn't checked the weather and it didn't occur to me that it might be 100% humidity. So, you know, uh, that I think that was, I can't even, I'm not sure I've ever run a slower half marathon than that one. And it was just because the weather just, you know, kicked me in the teeth. So, yeah. And if you don't have those options, Hope, which is, you know, we get it, there's life, and, and sometimes you just have to run inside, then just adjust your expectations, you know? So so go into the Boilermaker saying, okay, I'm going to maybe do a run-walk pattern or maybe, you know, just say I'm just going to see what happens, you know? But don't have, you know, your treadmill time pace be your expected race pace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's cruel irony that it's called the Boilermaker, might I add. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, um, so I think we've talked enough about, um, summer running. I think there were enough questions on our Facebook page to make this be a two-parter, but we'll revisit it maybe in, in the dog days of August. So, but for now, um, if you want to go to that famed, that Facebook page that you've heard so much about on this podcast, it is run like a mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter, we're at the mother runner. Our books run like a mother and train like a mother are available on amazon.com. And we'd love it if you purchase them. And we wish you many happy miles, no matter what the weather is. Go 663. Go, go, go.